Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. James talks about the law of liberty. Paul says that love is the fulfillment of the law. Jesus said, A new commandment I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. Today we're going to talk about love and what blocks love, what love is, and how you can find it. And then I'm going to remind you of something that God said in the Old Testament. God said, be still and know that I am God. In the second half of today's program, I'm going to talk about how to become still and know that God is God. And know this blessed state where there is love and where there is freedom. Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is the law of liberty. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hi, everyone. Today I want to talk about, about love. But to understand what love is, which most people don't, we have to first see what love is not. And I'll tell you what love is not. Love is not an emotion. I know that goes against the grain of everything you've ever heard or been told or read or saw in the movies or heard in the songs. But whatever love is, it's not an emotion. And I want to uh, explain why. This program today is about stress. And I want to help you to understand that the way you're responding to stress right now is all wrong. And what you've been fed and told about emotion is, uh, for the most part, also all wrong. Emotion is animal. Now, I'm going to go back and forth between a little background from the scripture, what Paul had to say, what James had to say, what Christ had to say, and then I'm going to talk about the biology or the psychology of, uh, of your current state, so that you'll be able to perhaps see, perhaps get a glimpse of the fact that there's another way of living and moving and having your being. So let's, let's get started. In the Garden of Eden, when Adam fell, he fell to becoming more of an animal. And as an animal, in other words, he fell from being the bright-natured spiritual being that he could have been, to, who would have, could have lived forever, to becoming an animal, subject to what animals are subject to. And what are animals subject to? Animals are subject to the laws of nature. And so animals are subject to their environment. And animals respond to their environment with fight or flight. And we humans, when we have now fallen to the state of being more animal, because that's what we inherit, that's what you're born with. You inherit it from your mom and dad, from grandma and grandpa, all the way back to Adam and Eve. You inherit a fallen nature that reacts to the environment to which it is subject with fight or flight, in other words, with anger, love and hate, in other words, you either like something or you hate it. You're attracted to something or you're repelled by it. See, you hate something or you want more of it. But it's totally 
animal. And so you, with your fallen nature, separated from a higher way, although you sense there's a higher way, you, you sense, you know, deep in your heart, you know that we're supposed to be patient. You know that we're not supposed to get angry. And when you see somebody becoming impatient or resentful, you can see that it's a weakness or a wrong on their part, can't you? You see it clearly when it's other people. When somebody's impatient with you, you can see something wrong with it. When somebody's angry at you, you can see something wrong with it. When you see somebody that's calm and patient, you like that. You know, you watch the quarterback and he's calm. You, you can sense that he's the master of the situation. But if you see a quarterback who, uh, who falls apart, who uh, doesn't rise to the occasion, you can see that somehow they didn't make the grade. So we know that the calm way, the patient way, the courageous way is the superior way. We know that. And all religions teach that. And all philosophies pay lip service to that. But what I want you to see is that emotion itself, emotion itself is the failing. Let's take a little break, and when I come back, I'll continue talking about emotion and how emotion is the evidence of a separation from faith and from reason and from your Creator. You're listening to Shedding Shackles, a breath of fresh air on the radio. Take Shedding Shackles with you wherever you go with Apple Podcasts. But what I want you to see is that emotion itself, emotion itself is the failing. Now you can't help it because that's the nature you were born with. You don't want to be angry. See, you, you, you wake up in the morning and you say, today I'm not going to get mad at my kids. I'm not going to get mad at my husband. I'm not going to get mad at my wife. I'm not going to get angry at traffic. I'm not going to get mad at the, bo- at the boss or at work. But then you go out in the world and before long you fail. You get angry. You get irritated. You get upset. You get nervous. So something is wrong. You are responding like an animal. And along with the animal responses, then come the consequences. Now, let's, let's see what did Peter say. Peter talked about the law of liberty. The law of liberty. And Paul talked about the law of love. And Christ said, a new commandment. He said, all the law. They asked him, what's the greatest commandment? He said, to love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, strength, and soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. He said, a new commandment I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you. So, somehow, this higher way is, free, is freedom and love. has to do with freedom and love. Now, remember that. So, now let's get back to this lower way, this animal way. When Adam fell, he fell to a system of, of being subject. See, all of the universe is subject to law. The molecule is subject to the laws of physics and the law of mathematics and the laws of chemistry. The laws of physics, the laws of mathematics, and the laws of chemistry. 
the plant is subject to those laws and the laws of nature that pertain to it. And animals are subject to all the preceding, plus they're also subject to the laws of nature. And they're subject to their environment. Everything is subject to laws. All right? Now, when the human being fell to being animal, the human being fell to being subject to the laws of nature. And like an animal, see, the human responded like an animal. So you have people getting angry, people being vicious, people being selfish, people taking, see, anything that they feel like, stealing from others. People are, are lawless. See, isn't it a funny thing? Now look, look, this is very important. The animals are not lawless. But human beings, when you look out at society, what do you see? Lawlessness. Animals are not lawless. The animal is subject to the laws of nature, the laws of biology, the laws of physics, and the animal cannot, see, escape from those laws. The animal is completely bound by those laws. But the human being is somehow lawless. Our consciousness is lawless. No wonder we have to have laws. No wonder we have to have courts and judges and police. And we have to have all kinds of laws. And we have to have a prison system. And we have to have punishments for disobeying the law. So you can't have a society where everything is law, where everybody is lawless, when everybody steals from each other and hurts each other and is completely selfish and has no regard for anyone else, which you see in when countries deteriorate. You see that around the world when you have, when you have deterioration, when you have lawlessness. So everything has to be subject to something. There's no loose cannon in the universe. And so thereby, we have to have laws, strict laws that control behavior and punish wrongdoing. You understand? So the human being, see, when the soul does not willingly love truth and love the law, remember David said, I love your laws. When the human doesn't, it's lawless, and then it has to be controlled. So we have this animal nature. We're basically selfish and oriented toward uh, self-advancement and self-protection. And if people don't love the law, then they're without restraint, and they have to be restrained by civil laws and criminal laws. But now let's get back to what Peter and Paul and Christ talked about. They talked about love. They talked about the law of liberty. In other words, if you could find a way to willingly, see, subject yourself to God. Not because you have to, but because you want to. Because you love the truth. You love the law. You love what is right. You see what I mean? If you could find the protocol of submission to your Creator, see, then you could thereby, because of what Christ did, He paved the way he made it possible. You could then partake of this heavenly kingdom in which there is freedom. Why is there freedom? Because you are there subject to your creator. Before that, 
you are unwillingly, resentfully, see, subject to laws, regulations, rules, policies, procedures, penalties, you see what I mean, that are designed to hem in our lawless animal nature, our lawless animal consciousness. But if you love the truth so much, see, that you wanted to submit to God's law, and what is God's law? Well, of course we know it's the Ten Commandments and so forth, but, but what are they? Those are basically derivatives of the law of love. Christ summed it all up. He said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So if you had have love for others, then you'll naturally won't steal from them. You won't talk behind their back, and so on and so forth. So it's submitting your consciousness to your creator. That is the key. That is the key. And then you will know liberty, a liberty in which you will obey and follow God's law of love because you love God and you love his law and you love other people. You, you see? All right. So now what is standing in your way from finding this way to submit? What is standing in your way? You still have conflict. You have conflict because you have this lawless animal nature. Part of you yearns for the truth. You want to do what's right, but yet you don't do what's right. Somehow you haven't quite found the way, the secret door to enter this kingdom. And what is standing in your way right now? Basically two things. Number one, emotion. See, emotion is animal. Now do you understand? Emotions rise up and they overwhelm you and they overwhelm your consciousness. And then the second thing that stands in your way is resenting other people resenting other people, that stands in the way. So if you could stop resenting other people, calm down a little bit, maybe you can find the door to this freedom to soar like a bird, to soar like a bird. And that's what I would like to help you with. So now do you understand why learning how to sit quietly how to get out of your thoughts. Where do your thoughts come from? They come from emotions. Emotions spin thoughts and thoughts spin emotions and emotions spin thoughts. You see what I mean? And all they do is make you doubtful and make you upset. And then you struggle with yourself. So you use animal emotions to struggle against animal emotions. It only makes you more animal. The secret is to submit your consciousness to your creator and let him change your nature. Let him restrain you, you see. So, learning to sit quietly and get out of your thoughts like I help you to do is very important. We're going to be talking about it in the second half of this program. I'm going to talk about that very specifically, a very simple way to begin to learn how to sit quietly and then thereby calm down and perhaps find your creator and his law, and his liberty, and submit to him willingly, and then you'll have it made in the shade. Do you have a question for Roland? If so, call the listener call-in line at 510-455-8851. 
That's 510-455-8851. Hi, everyone. Wanted to take a moment for a special shout-out to Pratna, Winston, Roger, Gregory in Daly City, and Talal for supporting Shedding Shackles this last month. Your help really does help me to help others and helps me to stay on the air here. Thank you so much. The great French philosopher Blaise Pascal put it this way when he said, All of humanity's problems stem from a single cause, not knowing how to sit quietly in a room. Welcome back, everyone. In this program, I'm introducing you to a little biofeedback exercise called hand warming, which is very simple and it has benefits that you can enjoy right away. I'm going to talk about a very simple way that you can begin to learn how to become still and get back in touch with this dimension from which love comes and where there is freedom, where you're not subject to the environment, but where you're actually subject to your creator. So here we go. The basic hand-warming exercise, which I direct you to, is at my website, SheddingShackles.com. SheddingShackles.com. I want you to go there and get it. You can download it, and I want you to give it a try. I want you to use it, because here's why. Let's say that you learn how to sit quietly in a room, as Pascal said. Let's see, I'm adding an extra dimension to it. He got part of it. But the other part is you have to learn how to sit quietly in a room without being lost in thoughts, without being lost in worries and doubts and fears and rethinking the past or lost in fantasy to escape from reality. See, you can sit in a room and have awareness. You're aware of the birds singing outside. You're aware of the wind in the trees. You're aware of the changing patterns of light around you as light filters through your window. You're aware of yourself, aware of your hands and your body as you're sitting there. You're very aware of uh, now. As you're sitting quietly, you notice your hand. You become very aware of your hand. Let's pick one. How about your right hand? Let's say your right hand. And you become aware of your hand, and it starts to tingle a little bit as you're aware of it. When you're aware of your hand, when you're giving your attention to it, when you notice it, when you're conscious of your hand, it begins to tingle a little bit. It's like a delicate glow. You know, if you direct your love towards someone and they notice it and they smile and they glow like little children glow, 
while your hand glows, your hand becomes a little warm and a gentle, delicate, tingly feeling. It's very cozy. It's very comfortable. It's very pleasant because of your attention to it. So you notice your hand. You could notice one finger at a time. It helps you to be aware of your hand. It helps you to be conscious, very conscious of your hand with the help of noticing one finger at a time. So let's say your thumb. You're sitting there quietly in your room and you notice your thumb. You feel your thumb. You can feel your awareness of the thumb as it tingles a little bit. You notice your, the tip of your thumb. Let's direct your attention to the tip of your thumb. And it tingles a little bit. And now direct your attention to your first finger. Notice your fingertip. And as you notice it, it begins to tingle a little bit. And now notice your second finger. As you are very conscious of your second finger, it begins to tingle a little bit. And you can go from finger to finger, one at a time, to help you remain conscious of your hand. And then you can be aware of your whole hand as it tingles a little bit and feels a little bit warm. Well, that's the exercise. And because it's biofeedback, within a very short amount of time, you get very good at becoming aware of your hand so that it tingles a little bit, feels cozy, tingly, warm, it's like a little buzz, and very pleasant. Now you can make the exercise even more effective by closing your eyes. So next time you're sitting safely on your couch, or at your computer desk, or you're lying in bed, somewhere where you're just sitting quietly and not doing anything, you can close your eyes, and you can look at the little twinkles of light on the inside of your eyelids. And when you close your eyes, it helps to eliminate external distractions that capture your attention. So now you can understand why I am always talking about the, uh, the little exercise that I have. It keeps you in the present. As you're aware of your hand, you're in the present. And you're not lost in your thoughts. When you're noticing your hand, you're not lost in thoughts. Do you, do you see that? You're in the present. You can hear the birds singing outside or the computer hum or the sound of traffic going by. You're in the present moment. Now, when you're in the present and you're not lost in thoughts, you have access to your intuition. You have access to common sense. It's when you get lost in your thoughts and in emotions that you lose track of your intuition. A good example is if you get angry. When you get angry... See, you get the emotion pulls you down into the emotion and wrong ideas, and then you do things and say things that later you wish you hadn't. But if you can be aware of your hands or aware of your hand, notice your hands so that it begins to tingle a little bit. It keeps you in the present, and it gives you perspective. So then when an idea approaches, you don't immediately follow it. You don't get lost in it. You 
don't get pulled into it. And if it's not a good idea, you are not seduced by it because you have perception, you have intuition, you have common sense. Those are all available when you're not lost in your, in your thoughts. So it's not that it's wrong to think, but thinking should flow from understanding. It should flow from wisdom. It should flow from common sense. It should flow from what you know in your heart is right. See? Then it's good. But when your reality checks are on hold, when you're not doing reality checks, when you're lost in the thinking, then you don't have perspective. It's the difference between sitting on the bank of a river and watching the river flow by, which is what we should do, versus jumping into the river and floating downstream toward the rapids. You understand there's a big difference. So you need to get out of the river and sit on the bank and watch it flow by. Watch those ideas flow by and you will have perspective. A Meditation Moment with Jeremiah Trujillo How do you become free? Isn't it about time that you became free from your judgments, your angers, resentments, and everything that goes along with those? So many of your emotional problems are related to your wrong reaction to other people. You didn't want to lose any perks, and you weren't sure of yourself, so you caved in, and you see the result. You must learn how to speak the truth without anger and without upset. Find more inspiration for your day at SheddingShackles.com See, you have intuition. You have access to it. And it keeps you from following a wrong idea. Or you might, you might go along with it for just a little while, but then you see that it's not a good idea. But once you get pulled into the idea and down there and start following it, then you lose your intuition, you lose your common sense, you lose your perspective. And so that's not good. So that's why I urge you to try a little uh, hand-warming exercise that I've made because it could uh, definitely help you to, um, to not get so lost in uh, ideas that you don't know the source of. You don't know where they come from and you're not sure whether they're good or not. And even if they are good without common sense, you don't know how to apply them properly and with the right timing. So it's very, very simple. And unless you get your common sense back, your intuition back, your perspective back, and know how to hang on to it. See, that's why the hand-warming exercise is good, or the simple little meditation I have is good, because they teach you how to hang on to it. Then the little exercises that I have are totally free. Uh, you could get them at SheddingShackles.com. Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you. 
Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.